Welcome to Leveling Up with Nicole Smith. I am Nicole Smith, CEO and founder of JMS Creative Leadership Solutions, where we help individuals transform from simply being top performers to exemplary leaders. With that said, it's my pleasure to introduce a very special guest. But let me tell you about this impactful woman and how she can help you level up. Erica Hill is the founder of Create Your Fabulous Life, which is a personal and professional growth development firm. In the past 18 months as a licensed financial professional, she has inspired and educated several families on the importance of leaving a legacy and building generational wealth, which has totaled over $8.5 million. Ms. Hill is a financial professional and has provided retirement and wealth building strategies to women across the country for, for more than 20 years. As a certified life coach and certified financial educator instructor, she's extremely passionate about rewiring the limiting beliefs that women have been taught around money, which keeps them from living their fabulous life. Her book, Reset, Learn How to Grow Money and Build a Legacy, a money mindset and strategy guide that helps to break down mental barriers and get over the guilt of wanting more financial success by educating, by educating the viewers on some of the strategies that the wealthy use to amass their wealth. Welcome everyone, Erica Hill. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Nicole. Thank you. Absolutely. I think we spoke a few months ago and when you said money mindset, I, the bells, bells and whistles and generational wealth, bells and whistles, because I think you and I had the conversation. I believe we had the conversation about generational wealth and I was speaking on a personal level with my children and my sons, um, one's 22, one's 16. So that 22 year old, I want to make sure he, um, has good financial health. And then you gave me some great tips. And uh, you know, I went and talked to my husband about it because he's in finance as well. But when I told him your tips, he was like, huh. So, so you piqued his interest as, as well. So, you know, I was influenced as a child in regards to finances. And now that I've been married for 23 years, you know, marriage and money and even with children, I like you want people to begin shifting their mindset in regards to money. And you may have grown up with a scarcity mindset or in that environment, but that does not mean you have to continue that journey. And it's about abundance and how you can have it, right? Yes. yes. So before we dive in, because what you bring to the table today is so good, and I'm so excited about this episode. Could you tell us more about why you created your personal and professional development firm, Create Your Fabulous Life? You know, Nicole, thank you for asking me that. The reason I uh, actually did all that is I was actually reading some statistics and the statistics stated that there's over 7.5 billion, not with billion, billion with a, with a B. B, with a B with <laughs> yes. A B, capital B, okay, capital yes. B in the world. And out of that 7.5 billion people in the world, only 30% of those people are financially literate. That means there's over 5 billion people in the world that's financially illiterate. And my job now is to make sure that you are not one of them. But at one point, I was one of them. I was the one included in that number. Right, <laughs> right. Included in that number. And I laugh about it now, but I wasn't laughing then. Trust me when I tell you. <laughs> not at all. Because I was, um, you know, typical 
child grew up listening to everybody else. And I was always taught in order for you to be successful, you got to go to college, you got to get a degree, you know, and I'm the first person in my immediate family. Now we have doctors and lawyers and things like that, but in my immediate family, I'm the first person to go to college. So I listened to him, you know, I went to college. Now I was also the kid that heard a bunch of negative things about money. Like you were saying before with the scarcity mindset, things like money doesn't grow on trees, put that back. We can't afford that, you know, just a whole bunch of negative things. So I listened to these people that told me that I had to, in order for me to be successful, I had to go to college to get this degree, Mm -hmm. but nobody told me what to do with the money. Once I got <laughs> once I got the degree. Now let me let's 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 back this up a little bit. Let's rewind. Please. My sophomore year in college, girl. Okay. They were offering the college students credit cards. I think if you signed up, you get I think you got a free mug or something you got for free. Well, I wanted the free or something. Yes, yeah. Yes, no, I yes. yep, I know exactly what you're yes. talking about. So I wanted the freebie. So I'm like, hey, whatever, I'll sign up for a credit card. And I ain't care about that. Well, guess what? I got approved for like a two, $3,000 credit limit mm. at 19. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you give a college student that doesn't have a job, scarcity mindset, a credit card with a two, $3,000 credit limit. What do you think they're going to do? Shopping. Thank you. Falling out of control. Ball- yeah. Shopping spree. Here we come. Well, that's what I did. So, you know, fast forward. Now I'm walking across the stage, you know, getting this degree that everybody told me I had to get in order to be successful. But guess what was walking with me? That debt? Bad credit. Bad credit. Okay. Right behind me, yes, was bad credit. And I have a degree in business finance. The first thing they do is check your credit in the financial service industry. Yep. You are correct. So even though I got this degree that everybody told me to get, it took me forever to get a job because I had bad credit. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm laughing with you, Eric. I'm laughing with you. No, I, I, I understand. I had the, the credit card as, as well. And I, I don't think my, you had a high limit. My limit was like $500, but still $500. I was balling. That, that was that was big money. But like you said, I think you made a good point. Go to college to get a good job to make that money, but nobody's telling you what to do with that money or how to retain that money to create wealth for yourself. Yes. So yeah, absolutely. So you strutted across that stage with bad credit, couldn't get a job. Yeah, yes, but I got that degree. You know, I did what everybody else told me to do, but there was a missing piece. Like that's like if you're baking a cake and you leave out the main ingredient. Seriously, what do you think is going to happen to that cake? Like seriously. Yes. So when I was reading those statistics, that really hit home for me because I could really relate. And something else that I realized is that that's not by happens chance, you know, that's deliberate that there's 5 billion people in the world yes. that's financially illiterate. That's, that's deliberate. Like seriously. Um, I don't know about you, but did they, did you have a class in college or high school that taught about money? Um, I didn't have a class. I'm, I'm thinking back. No, I didn't have a, I didn't have a class in college or high school. What I did have, however, were parents that taught me, uh, about credit, your credit score, um, 
you know, writing checks and so forth. However, what they did not say to me, because I don't even think they knew this, was, hey, avoid the tables at college with the credit card. The people standing at the tables with the credit card to get free t-shirts and mugs. I mean, they don't do that today. I think it's, you know, it's illegal for them to do it today, but they didn't teach me that. And there's other things that they didn't teach me in regards to finances that, um, I, I learned later on, but again, like you said, learning later on, you know, you had to stumble a little bit, you had to fumble and, and fall. And I think as a woman, um, no one taught me how to handle my finances to where I don't have to depend on my husband. I always remember my mom saying, you know, put a little money away. I think a lot of my listeners probably can relate to that. Put a little money away. Just tuck a little money away. Get your own separate account and so forth. So I, I want to I wanna now ask you this next question in regards to women, okay, and finances. So why is your focus on women specifically? Because you said $5 billion are financial uh, illiterate. Where do women fit into that equation? Great question, Nicole. Um, and I'm a statistics person. I yes, love, I love eating and doing research, market research. Well, Fidelity Investments did some research um, with over 5 million people. Out of that research, it they've discovered that women are better investors than men by 0.5%. Now, that's a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot, but that's actually a lot. Really? The difference between women investing and men investing is men are more confident about money than women are. A lot of the women are not confident when it comes to money. Men are, but a lot of women, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make a good, you know, I don't know if this is a good idea. We second guess everything. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a man stands firm in his decision, I'm doing this and that's a wrap. Women, well, let me check, you know, I don't know, you know, what, what. we're not confident when it comes mm -hmm. to our money. So, and I'm a woman too. I was there, you know, a lot of things that I do is because of my own personal experience. Yes. So like my, my brother, uh, my mom has, you know, three girls and one boy. Well, my brother, he's very good with money. Always has been good with money. And I'm like, how come we came out the same household? And <laughs> what conversations did they have with him on the side that I wasn't privy to? But literally my brother is awesome when it comes to money. Very good money. Girl, he's very good. Me? Really? Very yeah. good. And like I said, we came from the same household. So I cannot pinpoint like, why was he more confident than I was when it came to money? And we had, we heard the same discussions, but yeah, women, the confidence that we have when it comes to money is, is kind of, you know, shaky. And the average client that I work with, they're high incoming, they're high earning income. Mm -hmm. high earner, high income earners, yes, very yeah. high income earners, you know, very, you know, have been probably first generational uh, wealth builders in their family or the first person to go, go to college or, you know, just the first, you know, they're doing very well for themselves, mm -hmm. make very good money. But a lot of time to them, they're all, they're all over the place when it comes to their money. Like, they're all over the place with their money. They don't have a good handle on their money. They're all over the place. And money to them is like exercising. It seems hard. Ah. It seems hard. So they'll rather not deal with it. You know, they'll make all this money, but they're not making the right investment choices because A, they don't know. 
But B, it's a mindset thing. Okay. It's deeper than that. It's a mindset thing. And a lot of times it comes from, I'm not worthy. I'm not ah, good enough. Yeah. Okay. I'm not so good enough. Not feeling they are worthy enough to have that financial health and wealth. Um, so they're second guessing. Do you think the environment that they're in or the culture uh, plays into that, that you're not worthy or you don't deserve to be wealthy and have luxury and live that lifestyle is other factors that play into that? Because like you said, you and your brother came out of the same household. Do you think maybe he became better with money once he left the household or was he always good with money even as a teenager? No, he's always been good with money. Even as a teenager, I think for women, because we're emotional. Okay. Men, even though we both have masculine and feminine energy, everybody does. Yes. But women, a lot of times, you know, are more emotional when it comes to anything. We're just more emotional creatures. So we hold on to things. And if you're in a household where you're hearing a bunch of scarcity conversations, you know, Mm. you can't Mm -hmm. afford that, put that back. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. The love of money is the root of all evil. Just a whole bunch of negative things. Mm -hmm. Um, The school doesn't teach you anything about it. You're hearing all these negative things. You know, sometimes those it's programmed inside of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's mentally programmed inside of us. And a lot of time women, especially when you're the first, you know, you're the go-getter, you're the first to do certain things. You got something to prove. Look here. (laughs) Look here. You know, hey, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Well, hey, I'm making six, seven figures. It does grow on my tree. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So why is having a wealthy mindset why is this mindset important in building wealth? Look at it like this. Okay. Would you want to work for the rest of your life, make all this money, come to the end of the road to discover you gave all the money that you made to somebody else? Yes. yes. And you didn't keep it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, you are successful at certain aspects of your life. At the end of the role, when it's time to retire, you can't retire yeah. because you didn't make good money investments. Hmm. You've given all your money away. How do you think you would feel? And one of the, I keep seeing this quote or a meme or something float around that has people defining wealthy um and they were saying it's not the what did it say it's not the amount total amount of money you have having lots of money like millions and billions of dollars but how much are you retaining with what you have is that exact so even if i'm making sixty thousand dollars a year how much am i retaining you know to create that, that lifestyle that I want to live or, or, you know, get me closer to that retirement age and be able to live comfortably and, and so forth. Do you agree with, with that? So it's not about the millions of dollars, but it's about what you're retaining with what you have. Did I say that yeah. correctly? That yeah. It's not just retaining. It's about how are you growing what you're retaining right. and see a lot of us too had parents that taught us to, you know, put your money in a bank. Put yes. your, save your money, save your money, save your money for a rainy day. Put your money in the bank. Okay. That may have worked in the 50s, 60s, 30s, 40s. 
You put your money in the bank. Now you are in some big trouble because the banks are not paying anything. The banks are paying less than 1% interest. Okay. Mm -hmm. But get this. Most people don't even think about that. Listen to this. Okay. You are taking your hard money, going to an institution for them to hold your money. This is my money I work for. Right. I want you to hold it for me and I want you to grow it for me. So they're paying you 1%. But when you go back to them, this place that's actually holding your money because you're so loyal to them mm-hmm. and you want to buy a car, you know, get a credit card, start a business loan. What are they charging you? 10, 15, 20%, sometimes even higher. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me think about this. Does this make logical sense to me? Like, no. Does this make logical sense? It doesn't. I'm taking my money to you mm-hmm. for you to hold for me and grow for me. But when I come back to you because I need money, you're charging me triple, yeah. quadruple, even higher than that to loan it back to me. That doesn't make sense, Nicole. I don't know about you, but I don't know. No, no, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. It's so interesting. This is where um, when I said, you know, in my childhood, um, I didn't take any classes in school, but my parents um, taught me a few, a few tips, a little few good tips that have, you know, um, panned out today. But one of the things that my father and I spoke about in season one podcast was just that. He said when he was growing up, parents, his parents would put it in the bank, put it in the bank. And he, something clicked in him to say, this doesn't make sense, you know? And when he uh, got a, he was in the Air Force and he got a, some type of bonus and he said it was like $10,000 and, and some change. He was like, what am I supposed to do with this? So you got to think about it. And he was 22. That was a lot of money, $10,000 check. So he said he knew there was more that he should be doing with, with that. So he talks about investments and doing more than just savings. But like you said, He's a man. He's phenomenal with money. Phenomenal with money. And he he also mentioned, you know, uh, a few like women in our family will come to him and he said it's just hard trying to get them out of that that mindset that you you spoke about and helping them understand. But I think there are a lot of women out there that when I do see the ones the w- ones that are investing and and stocks and Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and all that, all that talk, they really know what they're talking about. And then on the other spectrum, you hear women's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Really? I don't know. So there's like no middle, if that makes sense. You either have the woman that's gung ho at it, knows it in and out, can do it in her sleep, or you have the woman that just has no idea what a Bitcoin is or has no idea what investments to go into financial planning or anything as such. And it's, it's, Sometimes it makes me sad <laughs> because as women, we contribute to the uh, economy, what, 20 trillion a year? Yeah. We contribute to the, we're the highest contributor to the commerce co- consumer in the economy. Yeah. 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 So, but a lot of that too, Nicole, you started out by saying that, you know, you wanted to make sure you knew how to handle your finances outside of I, your husband. Yes. A lot of women have been taught that the man you know, let the man handle the money. I have uh, several uh, clients and friends that, you know, they're married and their, their husband handles most of the finances. Now I, I had a business partner, actually, she's one of my agents in my financial service business. 
Um, she has a friend, you know, uh, her husband did very well. She didn't really work. You know, she worked odd jobs. She did whatever she wanted because she really didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Well, her husband recently died of COVID. Mm-hmm. She did not know anything. She mm-hmm. barely could pay bills. She didn't know any of his bank account information. Wow. He luckily they took out insurance. So mm-hmm. she knew that information because he had her as the beneficiary on the policy. Right. He had a policy at work. He forgot to put her name on that <gasps> policy. Oh my goodness. He didn't know hardly none of the bank accounts that he had. She didn't know any of the financial information at all because she let her husband do everything. everything. Yeah. And now that he's gone, she feels totally lost. Lost. My my husband had the same situation. Um, he's in the financial industry as well. And he said one of his customers passed. This was years ago. And the wife came in and knew where nothing was. She only reason why she knew of my husband was because she heard her husband talking about him. There's this gentleman at the bank, great guy, wonderful guy, you know, and, and mentioned my husband's name. So she came to his office looking for him and was asking for help because she felt lost. She had no idea what bills, what was coming in, what was going out. And that's sad. This is where, listen, all my listeners out there, all my listeners out there, you know, if you've listened to uh, my husband and I in season one, uh, you heard us talk about marriage and money. All right. And one of the first key elements in that is trust. Okay. And knowing each other's doings or financial movements within the the relationship. Where are the passwords? Where are the usernames to this, that? What are the bank accounts? Are they in Switzerland? Are they in the United States? Where are they? Are they Cayman Islands? Whatever it may be. But do you know all that information? So if you don't, all my listeners, go tap your spouse on the shoulder and be like, listen, we got to talk tonight (laughs) to get that information. But Erica... What if I'm in my fifties? Is it too late for me to start building that generational wealth? I'm in my fifties. Not at all. 21% of people create at least a million dollars between the ages of 50 and 55. Oh, okay. That's good news. So no, it's never too late. But what I can tell you is you got to change that mindset. If you got up until the age of 50 and your spending habits are still, you know, you're still worried about if I'm going to run out of money, you know, how much do I need to retire? Then that's just a mindset. Mindset and strategy needs to be tweaked. But you, before you can do anything, you got to tackle that mindset yes. because wherever the mind is set, the actions are going to follow. Ooh. So it's not to say that you cannot start from your 50s because you can, but you got to change something. And that mindset is the first thing you got to attack. So Erica, can you repeat that for the people in the back? You said the mind is set. Wherever the mind is set, your actions will follow. All right. Hope everyone wrote that down real quick. If not, rewind (laughs) and press play and get it again. So I want to go back to my sisters. Okay. So I hear people, specifically women, say, I'm not good with money. Okay. So what should they do or better yet? What is the first step after contacting you? Of course, (laughs) what is that first step for them to take? They want to make a change. They want to shift their mindset. 
The first thing that they have to do is they got to get present to those thoughts that are running the background program. You got to get present to the thoughts. We have between what, 50 to 75,000 thoughts every day. Mm-hmm. And what most people don't realize is most of those thoughts, 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts. They're just, it's on a program. It's running over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And you don't have any idea. Yeah. No idea. And they're the same thoughts from yesterday, the day before yesterday, but get this, Nicole, guess what? Most of those thoughts are not even yours. They're your parents' thoughts. They're your mother's thoughts. They're Mm. your father's thoughts. They're your grandma's thoughts, your teacher's thoughts. Like there are thoughts that they're not even your thoughts. They're not even your thoughts. I'm so glad you said that because I speak about my coaching programs. I speak about limiting beliefs. And I also speak about values. And when I ask people, you know, what are your values? What are your beliefs? And people will say stuff and I go, are those even yours? Are those even yours? They sound like they come from the 60s and the 70s. (laughs) Which means it's coming from role models, parents, guardians, people that weighed heavily in, in your life. So, okay, so once they stop that looping recording, of their thoughts. What do they need to do now? What are, what's, what's that next step? One. Implant new ones. Implant new ones. Now you have to change your story. And guess what? Your story can look however it wants to look. It doesn't have to look like your parents. You can create whatever you want. You are a creator. So you can create whatever it is you want, but you can never create anything if you're not aware of what's going on. So the awareness piece is very critical. But once you become aware, you can go back and create whatever you want. It's never too late. Never too late. Absolutely. Never. So so you're building generational wealth. As I said in the introduction, you totaled $8.5 million. I don't know if you're able to share, but are you able to share like one or maybe two, like, I want to say like a successful story story, like a, a testimonial. I, I, of course, I know you can't share like details, but just like you saw somebody that was at A and they got to Z, by and whatever, what did they do? So I'll put it like this. I had one client come to me. Okay. She was, uh, you know, she made very, very good money, but like I said, she was all over the place with her money. Most of my clients are, they're all, they're not good when it comes to handling their money and growing their money. So she was in that category. Well, after working with me, not only did she change her portfolio, she's changed her portfolio for her sons too. So now her son is investing and he's only 14 years old. So they have built a family trust. See, I always tell people, follow the plans and the footprint of the wealthy people. If they've done it, you can too, because it was somebody in their family that started from zero. That could be you. Yeah. Follow the Rockefellers plan. Do the same thing that they've done. You know, set up trust, family foundations, you know, do the things that the wealthy people are doing. And that's what she did. So not only is she building generational wealth for herself, she has a playbook that she can pass down now from generations to generations to generations. It's no longer money doesn't grow on trees. The number (laughs) one is the root of all evil. Put that down. We can't afford that. Her whole family, their trajectory has changed. They don't have conversations like that anymore. 
So think about how important that would be if you can change a whole lineage. You can change your trajectory of your great, great grandkids that are not even born yet. How powerful of a woman do you think you can be with that? Oh my gosh. I am so glad you brought that up because I remember when we had one of our first conversations, you talked about the trust and the Rockefellers. And I was blown away. I was blown away. I was like, yes. (laughs) So that is one of the tips or one of the ideas um, that I took to my husband. He was like, huh. Because um, when we lived in Wilmington, North Carolina, there was a very prominent Caucasian family that um, he listened, he heard one of the family members speak on, on something. And uh, he, the, the speaker said, I'm not building wealth for, you know, my children or even my grandchildren. He said, they're set. He goes, I'm doing this for my great grandchildren. And it just resonated with my husband. And it was like, yes. And so I think you made a good point. If they can do it, if the wealthy can do it, we can do it too. The thing is, is that sometimes we sit back and we go, God, but it sounds so hard. Sounds hard because you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to have a growth mindset as well. You're going to have to learn and you're going to have to um, study and see what fits best for, you know, your financial plan and so forth. But yeah, they can do it. We can do it too. Do it too. So I'm, I'm They're so no glad different. You. People yeah. are people. People are people. Yes. The to only me, difference is their mindset. That's it. The mindset. As I say, mindset is everything. Mindset is everything. Let me tell you, it has been a transformative experience for me with mindset in the past, I want to say three, four years. And I keep telling everyone I never said it was gonna be easy (laughs) but it'd be so well worth it so well worth it so if one of our listeners wanted to reach out to you and contact you or even purchase your book reset learn how to grow money and build a legacy how would they go about doing so so the book is available on amazon uh like nicole said the title is reset learn how to grow money and build a legacy Or you can actually reach out to me. You can go to my website, which is www.createyourfab.com. That's www.createyourfab.com. And then there's a section that says, speak to Erica, and it'll take you right to my calendar. Yes. And as my listeners know, in the description of our episodes, we put all the contact information of our guest. So there's no reason or no excuse. Don't DM me or contact me saying, I didn't see her information. It is in the description of the episodes. So make sure you look at the description and contact Erica. Let me tell you, my friends, in speaking with her, in the 10 minutes, 15 minutes on our first conversation, I was like scrambling, trying to take, <laughs> try to take notes because listen, yes, I've learned from, you know, my parents and I've learned from my husband who's in finance and I've just learned on my own and things that I've, you know, studied and did on my own. But, oh my gosh, when you come in the space, just Erica, your mindset, your energy, your space, and what you shared was just amazing. I walked away with like three nuggets and I was running down the, right down the stairs telling my husband, listen, I can tell you what this lady I just talked to. <laughs> so yes, so just have that growth mindset. 
reach out to Erica and see how how she she can help you. And I know Erica that you you, you specifically focus on women. But if my gentlemen listeners reach out to you, I'm sure you'll help them as well, right? Of course. And what I'll also do, Nicole, for your community, I will give them a free 20 minute consultation just for listening to your podcast as a bonus. Okay. Thank you so much for that. A free 20 minute again. My friends, I will have this in the description in the episode. And so you just let them know that you heard, let Erica know that you heard her on leveling up with Nicole Smith and she'll give you a free 20 minute consultation. Listen, um, Erica, I'm going to be calling you for my my 20 minutes. This was, this was wonderful. I know everyone gained a nugget or two. I'm sitting here taking notes myself. Um, but thank you so, so much again, Erica. And, um, I know you're in the Atlanta area. Okay. So all my Atlanta listeners, I know your ears just perked up. You're like, yes, she's in the Atlanta area, but thank you so much. Miss Erica Hill, CEO of create your fabulous life. We will definitely have to have you back. Yes, we will have to have you back. Anytime, anytime. I will absolutely love it. Anytime. Absolutely. And I know my podcast engineer, Shireen Hemingway, was taking notes as well because this is is her thing as well. She loves um, hearing episodes or hearing my guests speak about how to level up um, financially. So I know she was like giving you, you know, two snaps and (laughs) she has a pad full of notes and everything herself. So you have been such a blessing. And I thank you so much, Erica. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you. That is my goal. While I'm still breathing in this body is to change, reset generations because enough is enough. Enough is enough. We can't keep doing the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mindset is everything. Let's, Let's shift that mindset, my friends. So thank you everyone for listening to Leveling Up with Nicole Smith. Erica, thank you so much for allowing us to be in your space today. And and until next time, lean into your greatness. Thank you everyone for listening to Leveling Up with Nicole Smith. You can reach me on my social media handles, Facebook, Nicole Smith, LinkedIn, Nicole F. Smith, and on my Instagram, the Nicole underscore Smith, you can download my podcast in my Instagram profile. Thank you again. Until next time, Nicole Smith.